Blog Talk Radio. Will you hold the line when every one of them is giving up and giving in? Tell me, in this house of mine, nothing ever comes without a consequence. It cost, tell me, will the stars align? Will heaven step in? Will it save us from a sin? Will it? Cause this house of mine stands strong. That's the price you pay. Leave behind your heart. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, another episode of ASWF Aftermath. First off, want to hope and wish everybody had a happy Thanksgiving with their family and friends. And obviously want to apologize for the uh, transportation difficulties to the studio here tonight, but we are here nonetheless for ASWF Aftermath just a few short days before the next big event at the Valiant Arena. And I bring on my co-host, Cody. Cody, how are you doing tonight? Michael, man, I'm doing good. I'm feeling a little bit better. Uh, just trying to enjoy myself. Just kind of anticipating, uh, anticipating the show Saturday and our big one coming up on December fifteenth. I'm ready for it all. That's absolutely right. We are only one show separating us from the Christmas show on December fifteenth. That thing's gonna be. Absolutely knocked out of the park as ASWF always does. But before we get to that, obviously this Saturday we have a show. And you know, the big story still in the ASWF remains Mr. 99% and the Suicide King. And I want to read a statement from Mr. 99%'s page that he released yesterday. He said, What lengths are you willing to go to get what you want? What are you willing to sacrifice to make that happen? This Saturday night, Suicide King, I will show you the error of your ways, and I bring no one but myself. I'd love to have a little chat if you're able and willing. And that's an interesting statement on many fronts, Cody. You know, the first one you have to go with, you got to ask about, you, you got to think about the fact he said he brings nobody but himself. Obviously, it appears that he's alluding to the fact that He's not going to have Josh Cross by his side. He wants to stand man-to-man with the Suicide King and have a have a chat. Well, Michael, I mean, you know, a man with a plan is a confident man. And I will say this. He talks about how he wants to stand face-to-face alone with the Suicide King. Michael, we have seen Bad Brad do this kind of thing before. I mean, let's take a look back in uh, to right before Fight for Freedom. He wanted to be face-to-face in that contract signing, just him, Double J, and the bystanders. And what happened? Mark Wolf put Double J through a table. And I mean, 
you know, could we see another one of those instances uh, this Saturday? You know, I mean, because Bad Brad's always been known to have a trick up his sleeve. Well, and that's the thing, you know, Bad Brad is, Bad Brad is, you know, always of thinking one step ahead. He's a very cerebral individual, meaning that he's always thinking, always calculating his next move. But, you know, I know Brad uh, pretty well over the years through our association with ASWF. And Mr. 99%, one thing you've got to say, when he says he wants to do something by himself, he he's going to do it, even if it puts him in danger. So, I mean, I don't believe that we are going to see that aspect rear its ugly head by any stretch of the imagination. But you can't count out a few tricks somewhere of some sort from Mr. 99%. You know, uh, and I'm sure the Suicide King knows that, knowing that, you know, he just got one over on Mr. 99%, knowing that, you know, finally somebody was able to somewhat outsmart uh, Bad Brad at the last show when he came out and, you know, he was able to evade the security and he was able to get away after almost choking out the original misfit Josh Cross. This thing's going to come to a head, and, you know – the, I mean, I believe it may come to a head this Saturday night. There may not be an, anything that's going to contain not only the Suicide King, but Mr. 99%. I've seen him around the offices. Uh, I've seen him. He's visually and visibly frustrated with uh, knowing that the Suicide King got one over on him. And, you know, Brad, Brad's no man to back down from somebody. So, I mean, this could be just a mano a mano chat. Well, Michael, I mean, I, I don't know. It's like I said, the past has proven, you know, that uh, some people can't be trusted. Um, now, if Brad is a man of his word and faces the suicide king, mano a mano, I mean, I think whatever shred of dignity he's got left, because I mean, we've seen him sink to the lowest of low. You know, whatever shred of dignity that Brad had left, he may redeem himself if he goes face-to-face with the Suicide King this weekend. Well, and you know, that's the thing. I mentioned Brad's a very calculating and a very cerebral individual. He's very cunning. And a lot of people are, you know, saying – why is Brad getting himself into this situation, calling out the Suicide King, inviting him for a one-on-one chat? I've got to say this. Mr. 99% knows what he's doing at all times. He knows what he's getting himself into. He knows the outcome of what could happen should the Suicide King snap and lose his mind. But He also, I can guarantee you, has a plan for every possible outcome that happens in that ring this Saturday night. Well, Michael, let's just hope he has a backup plan as a fail-safe because I I don't know how much longer the Suicide King's going to be able to contain himself. I mean, pretty much been fired. We've seen him sneak into the building on on occasions just to get his hands 
on Josh Cross and Bad Brad. I mean, you know, the, the way I see it, this is going to be one of those situations, and uh, the head of security is probably going to need to have a little more security. Well, you know, Mr. 99%, you know, he's been kidnapped by the Suicide King. He's been – all these things have happened. This has literally been going on for months. And, you know, maybe Bad Brad, maybe it's just coming down. Maybe this is finally time. You know, I can guarantee for a fact I've seen the documents. I've seen things. Uh, Josh Cross, as far as I know, will not be there this Saturday night in the building. As a matter of fact, from what I understand, Josh Cross is going to be as far away from the building as possible. I believe he's going to be in another state. Uh, Mr. 99%, I believe, actually paid for him a vacation, an early Christmas present, celebrating what they did to the Suicide King, you know, quote-unquote, ridding themselves of the stench, so to speak, as they said, of uh, Ray Ray. Well, let's just hope that uh, that Josh has a has happy and safe travels on his paid for vacation. I mean, I sure would hate for something to happen to him on his vacation, such as a potential surprise visit from the Suicide King. I mean, well, you, you know, that would certainly be something that we would have to, you know, watch out for. I'm sure Josh. I'm sure Josh, just like Mr. 99%, is watching his back at every turn. Because the Suicide King, you don't do something to the Suicide King and get away with it and not expect retribution. And both of these guys have to expect that there will be retribution for their actions, at least at some point. Well, I mean, hey. Like the weather lately, revenge is a dish that is best served cold. And I'm pretty sure that even though Bad Brad is so cerebral, the Suicide King is just as sick, just as twisted, and just as cerebral as Bad Brad. Well, and that's exactly it. You know, once again, you can't take away from the fact that should the Suicide King snap, I don't believe there's anybody in the city of Tuckerman that's going to be able to contain what he is going to do to Mr. 99%. Like I said, I know that that Bad Brad has thought about this. I know he's planned for every possible scenario. And just like that, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. 99% coming on. Uh, he's on the airwaves right now. I'll bring him on. Mr. 99%. Uh, Thank you for joining us here on ASWF Aftermath. What's going on? Not a whole lot. What about you? I've just been sitting here listening to to what you two have had to say. And um, let's, let's not blur the lines between reality and wrestling at all. You know, there's been some recent developments across the uh, Facebook lines today, and uh, it's kind of, I've had something on my mind for several days now, and 
this just kind of hit home with me that uh, you know, let's just take this whole business out of out of out of the equation, and, and let's let let's leave this this whole industry on the backside. Talk Ray Ivy and Brad Hicks. Mr. 99%, uh, let's just take that out of the equation. I want to see the man, Ray Ivey, and the man, Brad Hicks, face-to-face at the Valiant Arena. Because I want to have a conversation, a chat, shall we say, with him one-on-one in the middle of the ring. That seems like a great venue. To do our little chat and That's all I want to do I just want to talk to him And, I, and I, I don't I don't even want to do any of this whole Well he's No Man In one corner Another man in this corner And let's just talk about your actions Ray Ivy Let's talk about what you've done Interjecting yourself In just about anything you feel like Interjecting yourself in And I'm sick of it. And I'm sick and tired of the hypocrisy from not only Ray Ivey, but every single fan in that building. I'm going to go – this is the mood that I'm in right now. You know, I hear the chants. I'm fat. I don't have any teeth. I'm broke. You got two out of three of those correct. Broke has never been a problem. Never been a problem. Am I missing a few teeth? Absolutely. But I can assure you those are all battle wounds, and uh, I can back it up. Number two, uh, the, the, the fat part, I'm not a skinny man by any means, but that's because I eat well, because I can afford to eat well. So, Michael, if you have any questions for me, you let me know, and I'll answer every single one of them. And I'll come at you as Brad Hicks. Not Mr. I want you to address me by my name for this entirety of when I'm on here. Because this is this this transcends this whole sport, this business. This has become personal. You know, the whole kidnapping situation was one thing. I can overlook that. Because you know what? I learned a lot about myself in that aspect. But what he did and how you've said it and how Cody has said it is absolute BS. See, I didn't use profanity. So mark that one in your little checkbook when you're posting your little post, people. The thing about it is is that you guys want to make it like I had Josh Cross attack the Suicide King, and that's where I met him. That's not how that went down at all, at all. Your boy Ray Ivey is the one that interjected himself into that, and your boy Ray Ivey is the one that attacked Josh Cross. I had nothing to do with that. Well, then my question to you, Mr. Hicks, is, I mean – but let's go back to before Halloween Resurrection, the return of Josh Cross. What did, I mean, you know, thinking back at that at, at first attack uh, during Josh's return, I mean, if you had nothing to do with that, I mean, then who did? I mean, why target the Suicide King? Well, I know you're just a fan, and uh, I know that Michael Carnahan over there has been in this business, what, October 20th of 2014 is when we started, huh, Michael? 
Yeah. Let's take a little past that before we ever entered the independent wrestling scene in the state of Arkansas. Josh Cross and Ray Ivey traveled the roads together. They've fought with and against each other. And the fact of the matter is, is that Josh Cross felt slighted by the fact that Ricky Rowland took it upon himself to toss Josh Cross crucial and pivotal match in his career. And he took some time away from the company and he came back to the company when he saw that the golden child of the ASWF, Ray Ivey, was getting all the publicity. I wonder why that is. Hmm. Can't find that in any books, can you? But the thing about it is, is that Josh took it upon himself to contact me, and he goes, hey, Brad. And I said, yeah, what's up, Josh? How's it been, man? It's been a long time. He goes, I need a favor. I said, what's that, Josh? And he goes, I need access to the ASWF. And I said, the door's always open. I got a problem. And I said, hmm, I'm, I, you know, I, I love hearing about problems. And he said, I don't like the way that Ray Ivey's running roughshod in the ASWF, and I'm the one that's being punished. And I said, you know what? You show up, and I guarantee you, you will not be touched. And I guarantee you, you can handle your form of justice. And that's what happened. So if I orchestrated anything, it was equality for each and every single one of the workers and wrestlers in that business and in that company. That's what I did. Plain and simple. So, Brad, I've got to ask then, you say you want to have this chat, and obviously we already alluded to the fact that Josh Cross is going to be as far away from the Valiant Arena as humanly possible. And I, I mean, I alluded yes, to the fact yes. I've known you for, I've known you for years and years, Brad. The thing about it is, I know you've a, you've got a plan for every scenario. So I've got to ask, do you have a plan? Should things get physical, mano y mano, as you say, Brad Hicks to Ray Ivy. Do you have a plan should it get that to that point? I mean, what do you want me to say? That I'm going to call in a, like a, a mob on him? No, I'm not. I'm, I'm telling you right now, and this is where we're going to see the true colors of the Suicide King. I'm coming to the arena, and I'll be there December 1st. And I will stand in the center, and I want to have a conversation. I'm not a competitor by any stretch of the imagination, you know, but here's the difference. See, what you don't understand is, is, you know, you talk about this, I've put myself and and gotten myself involved in these types of situations. You can go back to when I was forcefully put inside the, the a ring with one of my cohorts at the time, the infamous one. Uh, we've had matches against Joey Britt. You know, and then Seth Saber toned on us. We've had matches with Kid Crazy and Austin Lane. So if you think that that uh, that I'm any form of competitor, you're absolutely insane. I have no plan for if something physical was. I I don't imagine that anything should happen. 
because I pose no threat physically to the suicide king. True. But I do want to have a conversation because there's one thing that he forgets, and that is I am 49.5% the law inside that building. And I think that's what a lot of people have forgotten is that I am a policymaker in that business. It's absolutely accurate. You do sit on the board of directors. But, Brad, I've got to say, I've got to ask you, how was it met when you told Josh, I'm going to send you off. I don't want you there at the Valiant Arena on December 1st. I want to do this by myself. I can imagine that Cross, knowing the Suicide King, as you alluded to earlier, as well as he does, I can imagine that was met with some trepidation and some Almost a little bit of worry from the original Misfit. Nah. You know, the worst thing that could happen is that if something escalated to that level, because, you know, there's a lot of honor among thieves, my friend. And if there's one thing in this world that I do know is that I have a network of individuals that has my back. But, again... You can believe me or you don't have to believe me. I've never once went back on my word. I'm telling you right now, I am coming alone Saturday. There will be no line of defense in the building if he wants to get ridiculous. But I think that if Ray Ivy is in the middle of the ring and not his little alter ego bipolar uh, fetish suicide king stays away and he can keep his men- mental state at Ray Ivy then I don't think it'll get to that point and we Cody, can have a normal have conversation mm-hmm. and we'll have a normal con- don't you ever cut me off we'll have a normal conversation and I will show him the error of his ways Do you honestly? I'm going to ask. Let's flip the roles here, why don't we? Let me ask both of y'all something real quick. Where was it legitimately right for the suicide king to not only cross the rail, but to get in the ring to assault a an employee of the ASWF after he has been terminated, please clarify where again the hip. I, I really want to hear from the fan because I, that's some hypocritical crap there. We've seen it all day long, but I want to hear where you're going to say that it's okay that what he did was warranted because he broke the law, he broke the policies that we had put in place. And he broke the agreement that he and the other commissioner, Joey Britt, basically said. He walked away, but then he comes back. So you tell me where where in this am I the the uh, derogatory slang for, you know, a weak individual starts with a P, but we're not going to go there either. But where am I that I didn't have him arrested? I didn't – I called for security to escort him out of – 
the area in which employees only are allowed. I never want. So where in in this rationale of the fans and in your head, Michael, is it even remotely feasibly possible that he did the right thing? Where's the criticism towards Ray Ivey? Where's that criticism been? Where is it? Well, I well, mean, I will Brad, say- I mean, his decision to to go back on his word was that of his own. I mean, you know, yeah, he made that agreement. But at the same time, you have to think of it as this way. That Ray broke that agreement. That's on him. But the the actions you have taken, having Josh Cross, I don't even know if it was you. Josh could have did it on his own. But the thing was, you could have you had the power to stop Josh Cross during his attack on the Suicide King, and you didn't. And so, yeah, Ray went back on his word. And, I mean, you know, no, not in any way, shape, or form do I justify myself or any other fan hopping over the rail and trying to to beat up on somebody. But this is where I'm going to say there's no justification behind it. He broke his word against with against Joey Britt. I mean, come on, Brad. I mean, that was Ray breaking his word. Oh, Cody, the good little housewife, cleaning up the messes, sweeping and sweeping and sweeping and sweeping, sweeping under the rug, Cody. Keep sweeping it, buddy. I totally get it. And you made the comment, uh, that's on him, that's on him. You know, I've heard that this week. And it pissed me off then, and it pisses me off now. But it is what it is. But I, uh, you know what, uh, Michael and, and Cody, I got a little bonus for you guys tonight, right? It's it, it's it's close to Christmas, correct? Right. Well, I'm down here handling a little business, and uh, so I look over to my right, and riding alongside me in the infamous ink limousine that I've been fortunate enough to be uh, allowed to come on and invited to, I graciously give you the gift of Gab himself, the infamous one, Double J. Hello, ladies. Hello, Jay. Well, hello. This is certainly a surprise. Well, the thing is... uh, Cody, uh, when you dress me, it's called uh, Hello, Infamous One. How are you? Well, Cody, I'm doing just fine. thing is, um, Cody, you got anything you want to say to me this week? Uh, you sound a little better. It looks like you've stayed away from the Tuckerman women down there, lip-locking them. And fans, uh, gee, they, did you give them some food stamps? I mean, what's going on with you, brother? Well, given, given I am the philanthropist, I want to know this. Where did you get off having Shane implement these attacks on D-Mike? I mean, he's supposed to be First of all, the legit uh, Cody, badass Cody. of ASWS. Cody, Cody, uh, do me a favor. I'm sure you – can you hear me loud and clear, Michael? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh Cody, if you could do me a favor, uh, uh with your 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 straight talk phone or your uh your 
uh, we call them uh, track phones phone. or one of them go phones. Can you do me a favor? Can you take your little lips that you lock lip them women down there with, put them close to that microphone, and when you want to address me and ask me a question instead of sound like you're sticking in the barrel with one of them women or your wife, you know, uh, just let me know what you're going to say to me. Address me with a, with a manly voice, with a set that you possibly have, unless you got them in reverse. Let me know what you got to say to me. I mean, do what Michael does as a professional uh, announcer. You know, you being a fan, you should be representing. What do you got to say to me? All right, Jay. Uh, I want to know. Where do you get off on having a uh, question? Question, uh, Michael. What do you got for me, Michael? Shut him up. I mean, Michael, he can't address me right. I don't want him to talk to me no more. I gave him a chance. I gave him the floor. He can't even address my name right. Michael, what do you got for me tonight? Well, infamous one, I mean, I do have to ask, you know, he makes a good point. Uh, what is the deal with these attacks, these continued attacks from insane Shane? To D Mike, why are you guys seemingly zeroing in on D Mike? Well, Michael, I think uh, you're asking the question that you're uh, possibly already answered. I made a statement today, and uh, you did share it today for the talk radio page, and you did say that I had some strong words. So apparently, your little beady eyes have read across that, unless you had to go back to the VA and get some more different glasses. And and understand that what I said was what I meant, and that was coming from me, representing the client of Insane Shane. It's never been about the I didn't want to join you or be a part of. That's that's in the past. That's behind the book pages. I mean, that was in chapter one. We're in chapter ten right now, and I addressed E Mike over the internet. I will address E Mike this Saturday night face to face, right in the middle of that ring. There's no more going to be. He could look around all he wants to. I'll put him in the corner. As an advocate, just talk to him, not as a wrestler. But I will let him know. It's never been about you saying no. It's just the lack of disrespect to how you come into this business and you tell me no. Why don't you sit back spot so told him and I, you know, Michael, do the videos, do the history, do all the little homework you have to do. I've never failed. And you know what? Joey can make jokes. The fan on this, on this podcast can make jokes. Yeah, I'm going to agree with what uh, the boss here said. Hey, am I asleep? Uh, are you asleep? Oh, wait, that's me, Mike. <laughs> oh. Um, you know, you can make your jokes. I'm fat. I'm probably about, you know, 330, 400-pound guy, you know. I'm healthy. I'm wealthy. I have no problem with, uh, uh, you know, with money. Uh, you you can write your little uh, essays about, you know, you're tired of this, tired of that, you know. I'm not going to stop the language. I'm not going to apologize for it. That was been addressed. I already paid that fine. That's not going to happen again in ASWF. But, Michael, D-Mike, I know you're probably listening. You're probably sitting there shaking your head. You can defend your fans all you want to. But probably, you're probably taking a good long nap. Because, Michael, uh, I know I'm probably rambling on a little more than I should. Uh, when I talked to Shane this week, Shane said somebody, he's talking about putting him to sleep. He's going to probably, probably put him to sleep. And he's going to probably do this. He said he's going to take his thumb and turn it sideways, you know, and stick it straight in his trachea. And he said he's going to do what he's never done before in it, you know, in wrestling. He's done it in MMA, but he's going to crush his trachea. D-Mike has no business being in ASWF. D-Mike is not a wrestler. He's not proved anything in this business, and he thinks he's done a lot. Only thing he's done is put on some boots and tights and came to the ring. 
He's never beat my client. He will never beat my client. And we will go on reigning terror in ASWS. And, you know, this little debacle I've met with Brad with, that's why everybody's got their eyes on that guy. I don't even, you know, be in the business, what, 13, 19? Who gives a crap? Pay attention to that because your little so-called star is not even dwindling yet, Michael. Go ahead. I'll shut up. Well, infamous one, I do want to address something that was on Facebook. Obviously, this one coming from D-Mike's page. He said uh, this was the night of the last show. He said, after being choked out tonight again, I think I finally have you figured out. Uh, It appears that D-Mike may have finally figured out a strategy to take down Insane Shane. How do you guys feel about that? I mean – you know, he he then says uh, in another post this past Sunday that he's going to see you Saturday. It doesn't appear that these uh, chokeouts have affected the confidence of 1D Mike. And that's actually rather surprising to me. But at the same time, how does that make you an insane shame prepared? Surprising to you guys? First of all, First of all, i got to ask this before I get to answer your question. I'll do respect, Michael. Are you doing dishes or something? Somebody, somebody being a housewife right now? No. I'm in the studio. Okay. I hear a lot of racket, like somebody's doing dishes or something. I mean, if that's, I guarantee you that's got to be Cody. You make a good housewife. But, Michael, I am so proud of D-Mike. He has really just put on his uniform. He is really standing tall. And he's really representing the ASWF. He's doing the Bob the Builder thing. He's like, yes, I can. I'm going to build it. I'm going to be Thomas the Train. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I cannot wait to this Saturday because that's what he's going to do. Because all the all the auction he lost these past once, not twice, but three times. Kind of missing little brain cells there, but you know what? I'm so excited about D Mike. I have uh, he's just a super, super duper good wrestler coming up in the ranks here, and you know he's got a dull future ahead of him. But you know the thing is, uh, Michael, he's an awesome superstar. He's got the them fans just them them so welfare picking fans down there. They love him. So much they they'll give their bottom food stamp dollar to see him, and that's awesome. And they come to see you, Michael. Just, I mean, Cody can speak up if he ain't doing dishes right now. I mean, he can absolutely say yes. I pay my five hundred, you know, my five hundred, <laughs> my five five dollars. I leave that. He Cody comes from the park and he comes in. He goes, I had a sweaty day over there running around that merry-go-round, but I'm ready to come see some D Mike tonight. I just love him. Bob the Builder, I think he went and got you know those you know those blocks that 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 you had when you were a kid and you like yeah. the circle goes in here. Yeah. That's what he's doing. He's he's, he's learning. He's learning. He's here and this goes, oh, sorry. This is hey, I love this ride, bro. I love it. Hey, don't slow down. What's up? Hey, girl, what are you doing? <laughs> Michael, what you got for me? Have to get off. You're ready to cut it short. We got some more. Bit. I got some business. I got to take care of. Aaron's calling in, trying to. Take care of some last business at the office. Uh, me and Mr. 99% are having, talking, uh, doing some talking here. 
Well, infamous one. You don't I see that down in Northeast really Arkansas, Peckerman area. I think she's married, bro. We should like break that home up or something. <laughs> I'm sorry, Michael. Go ahead. I don't really have anything left for you, Cody. Do you have anything for the infamous one or Mister Ninety Nine Percent ahead of this Saturday's event? Moving. Nope. I'm good on this. Okay. Okay. Well, I certainly I do wish you guys the best of luck. And- All right, Cody, uh, use Mrs. Don's soap, and, uh, hey, do me a favor. Make sure you, uh, you you wash your clothes before you come to the show Saturday and uh, fold <laughs> that laundry up and vacuum them floors with her. I got to go. You know what? Hey, we got to go, Mike. I mean, things are good. See you later, D-Mike. We'll see you Saturday. And just like that, they are on. I'll just say it with, with him not on the line. I'll be sure to bring my little uh, my little tie pin after uh, D Mike hits him in the mouth this Saturday. You know, I'll I'll be the bigger man and help him out. Well, that's certainly something that could happen. D Mike, obviously hot on the trails of insane shame, and that's the thing he did. He said on Facebook he finally thinks he has Insane Shane figured out. Insane Shane, though, you can't take it away from him. A very, very capable and dangerous individual, especially honing in on that infamous choke. He has perfected it, and I mean, I don't see anybody getting out of it once it's locked in. Oh, no, I mean... We have seen a whole new side of insane shame. We're not seeing the the master of the shooting star press and such. We don't even see him fly as much as we used to. He is taking his focus off of pleasing the fans and putting on a spectacle and has just became an assassin in his own right. And that's exactly what you got to call him. He is an assassin. He is a hired hitman for Infamous Inc., and he is he's accomplishing his mission. And right now it appears his mission is to destroy D-Mike. But I tell you, you know, pack a lunch because D-Mike isn't going anywhere anytime soon. It doesn't seem like you've got to give it up to the young man. He was – he is the most resilient competitor I think I've ever seen inside of the ASWF. I mean, this guy literally has, like the infamous one said, not once, twice, but three times been choked out by insane shame. But he has always come back, and he's always got the fight in his heart, and he's ready and looking to move up in the rankings in the ASWF. And, you know, one of these days, they say it's t- tough to beat somebody once, even tougher to do it twice, almost impossible to do it three times. I'm wondering if that fourth time could be the charm for D-Mike because eventually you have key that somebody can key on and they know what's going to happen. It'll be interesting to see if D-Mike is picking up on maybe some keys that Insane Shane is dropping. Well, let's just hope so. I mean, the fans, as as a fan and everybody else, we're hoping to, we're just hoping that D Mike eventually catches on. I mean, 
any time he's been in the ring with the infamous one, he's ended up being choked out. Not by the infamous one, but the client, the head honcho, uh, per se. So, I mean, with that being said, I mean, if D-Mike's going to go there, and, I mean, should he decide he wants to be face-to-face with the infamous one, he may need eyes in the back of his head in this scenario. Well, and, you know, I've said it many times. Uh, will D-Mike be able to – do you believe that D-Mike's finally got it this time? Do you believe that D-Mike will finally be able to turn the tide on the infamous one, or do you believe he's just going to become another victim of this lethal weapon that is insane shame? Well, I mean, if you think about it, D-Mike really – I mean, other than his blossoming career so far, I mean, he doesn't really have anything to lose. And, let you know, like I said, history's proven he's had his back turned, and that's when they've attacked. So he needs to stay anywhere he can with his back against the wall, ready to go. Well, and that it certainly is something. You never want to turn your back on the infamous one, or obviously the lethal weapon insane Shane by any stretch of the imagination, that would be a deadly, costly error to do to turn your back on either of those individuals. And speaking of turning your back, I want to kind of switch gears here and talk a little bit about Deadly Dale and the psychotic savior cataclysm. I mean, Deadly Dale has stated before, this is all about what he believes was the Manai turning their backs on him. And this is him getting his retribution for that. But, I mean, Cataclysm, Cataclysm's not going quietly into the night. Uh, the crazy thing, though, is I've never seen somebody be able to affect the psychotic savior. He's not only living in the psychotic savior's head, it appears at this moment he's thriving inside of that man's head. This thing is boiling over, and, you know, it's got to come to a a point where these two are going to have to come in, and they're going to have to clash. I mean, you're right, Michael. Uh, I mean, we... I don't know. We've seen a different side of cataclysm that we haven't seen before. I mean, the guy has been on a tear. And, I mean, you know, he won that fatal four-way match this last show. And, I mean, the only thing he could think about was the deadliest player in the game. And, I mean, you, you've seen the Facebook post. I mean, it, this is not the psychotic savior we're used to seeing. It's a very dark. It's more of like a somber. Yeah. Like a dark, somber tone. And And it's almost scary. Like, I'm sure you saw the fatal four-way. He was almost like in a catatonic state the whole time. He was outside in that rain. He was just focused on and fixated on this deadly Dale shirt. And you saw... Grayson Beckett, at the end of that fatal four-way, you saw he got draped in the shirt by uh, C.J. Jenkins, obviously trying to set up Beckett to uh, 
be destroyed. Luckily, Beckett had the wherewithal to uh, remove the shirt and get out of there before Cataclysm could come after him. And C.J. Jenkins obviously felt the uh, wrath of the psychotic savior, but, I mean, he is just, like I said, he's fixated, almost in a trance-like state. I mean, Michael, we have, I mean, here's the deal. Even if Cataclysm is able to get his hands on Deadly Dale, with all that anger, that pent-up aggression, will we see the psychotic savior? I mean, will he be able to stand toe-to-toe with Deadly Dale and succeed in his goal of destroying Deadly Dale? I mean... You know, they always there's a saying goes, you can't have your cake and eat it. And you're right. I mean, this is a thing that nobody's actually discussed but is a very real possibility in my in my opinion. These two monsters should very well destroy each other. And you know, I don't think they care if they destroy one another. If they destroy themselves, as long as they destroy, like in the case of Cataclysm, as long as he destroys Deadly Dale, I do not believe that he cares what he has to put his body through, as long as he has that opportunity to end Deadly Dale. I mean, let's just hope his focus, I mean, you know, let's just hope that, you know, all his emotions and anger doesn't get the best of him because who knows what can happen. And, I mean, you know, we got to think, this is a family show, and if and if Cataclysm gets his hands on Dale, I don't think it's going to be too fr- family-friendly, if you know what I mean. And you're absolutely right. I mean, we saw him come out and wrap his arm in barbed wire. And then he came out again and came after Deadly Dale in the triple threat for the number one contendership that we're going to get to a little bit later in the broadcast. But that's the thing. I mean, Cataclysm is on the warpath looking to seek and destroy anything because all he sees is Deadly Dale. And Deadly Dale, vice versa, is somehow managed to get in his managed to get in the head of Cataclysm so much so that he is literally trying to destroy the psychotic savior from the inside out. Oh yes, Michael. He, I mean, both these men. I mean, it's a slaughter. And like I said, this is a family-friendly show, um, you know. So I mean, should should they come head to head? I mean, we're we're witnessing, you know, we're, we're not even witnessing a match. We're witnessing a fight. We're witnessing a war that's went on so long. I mean, if if you want to get technical with it, this war has been going on for the better part of what one two years. Yeah, it's been going on for quite some time, dating back to the beginning of the Manai itself. This thing has been brewing and brewing and brewing, and, you know, now it's 
it's starting to boil, but we haven't seen it, you know, topple over. And, I mean, you know, I said that they, we could see both destroy themselves. We could see them destroy the entire ASPF for that matter. I mean, you know, we've we've seen it time and time again. These two, they will fight anywhere and everywhere. And on top of that, it'd be a bloodbath, Michael. I mean, let's just face it. There's no there's no other way to put it. If you know what I mean, it's it's a war. You're absolutely right as far as that goes. I mean, there is. It's mutually assured destruction at this point. It's going to be it's going to be crazy to see what happens when these two finally meet face-to-face inside of the squared circle. And speaking of something that's going to be crazy, when it finally comes to a head and they finally meet face-to-face in the squared circle – how about Asa Morta, the Evolution Champion, and Excalibur? Excalibur has literally done something that even Curtis Dawn wasn't able to do. He has literally targeted the ankle of Asa Morta, and he's just about destroyed that ankle of Morta in advance of what he wants to – basically, he wants to be coronated – the uh, Evolution Champion. I mean, Excalibur, that's a, uh, you know, in my personal opinion, he is a very underrated talent. And, I mean, this war, this vendetta he's got against Asa Morta, I don't know if it's, you know, a vendetta against her. If he thinks that that women don't belong in the wrestling business or if it's a vendetta or if it's a vendetta that she is the ASWF Evolution Champion and that is one title he wants. You know, he has. He's held every single championship that the ASWF has to offer. He's only one of a very few men that can claim that feat and... You know, Excalibur is looking for gold again, and as alluded to in that previous statement, he's no stranger to it, and he's pretty much at the point in the career where if he wants something, he just has to take it. And right now it looks like he may be able to take away the Evolution Championship that Asa Morta has held for the better part of a year at this point. Think about it. She first won it heading in uh, a little bit past the anniversary show this time uh, in April. And we're almost already back to the anniversary show. Think about the dominance that the Mistress of Mayhem has been on that she's been able to do this. I mean, Michael, you're right. She won the championship back in May, lost it at the end of July, regained it back the first show back. And... I mean, she's been nothing short of dominant as a champion. But, you know, we've said it before, everybody has their own style of fighting. You had Curtis Dom, which was heavy hitting. You had the Suicide King Ray Ray. 
that was well-rounded, you've got, you have Excalibur. You've got a guy that's got excellent striking ability and excellent technical prowess. And his focus is razor sharp. He has been known to pinpoint a weakness and just stay on it until you can't take it anymore. I mean, Michael, I'm concerned for for the Mistress of Mayhem. And you're right about that. I'm absolutely concerned for Asa Morty. You know, think about what her and Ray put themselves through. And now you're looking at this, and it's you kind of alluded to it a second ago. It's styles make fights. Asa Morta has been in there with quite a few brawlers in her Evolution title reign. She's been in there with the Suicide King. She's been in there with uh, Curtis Dawn, you know, guys that rely on either their strength or their brawling ability to be able to be successful in the professional wrestling ranks. And now she's really facing her first true technical wrestler in Excalibur. And Excalibur is bringing something that she really has never seen before to the table. And it's the the key to all this, in my opinion. If Asa Morta wants to continue her title reign, she's got to adjust to the style that Excalibur is going to bring. You know, Excalibur said in preparation for his uh, House of Horrors match against Will Cage, what his style was, was pain. He's going to bring pain, and that's absolutely what he has inflicted in this uh, in this rivalry that he started with Asa Morta. I mean, Michael, you know, you're right. He said the style he brings is pain. Asa Morta, she's got to watch out for that technical ability that he's been known to have. He used to bring the said pain something else as a champion especially right now. It doesn't matter what title you're holding. I mean, shoot, we'll just say it now, even a singles title. I mean, as a champion right now, not only do you have your main opponent you need to be concerned about, you have the Mr. Golden Ticket himself, Elray, lurking around. That is a mystery opponent that you will never know until the time they cash it in, when they're going to pop up. Well, and that is the wild card aspect in all this, is El Rey. You know, Asa Morta, since she began her title reign, she's uh, reigned with two golden ticket winners. Hypnotic, who was from the Manai, and you can somewhat assume that he didn't pose a threat to the Evolution Championship, and then you have now El Rey. This is the first real situation where she's gonna have to she's gonna have to uh, go and actually look over her shoulder and worry about when Mister Golden Ticket may strike. I mean, Michael. I mean, you know, right now, man, is it a time to be a wrestling fan? I mean, the chills, the spills, and the thrills. But, I mean, hey, it's never a bad time to be a champion. It's just uh, sometimes when you've got a a definite wild card, 
that's got a guaranteed championship title shot, uh, and all he has to do is just snap his fingers and cash that uh, briefcase in, you know, you've got that wild card. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to be a champion right now as long as there's a wild card lurking around. Well, and you see, we've already seen the effect El Rey has had on Ace of Morta's matches. You saw it when he came out and handed her the burrito, and she got rolled up for the quick victory. That's the thing that you've got to wonder. Is it all Excalibur, or is it her not being able to adjust to the fact that she's got to keep, you know, eyes in the back of her skull for El Rey while keeping them forward, locked on her opponent. This is something that Asa Morta hasn't really had to deal with. Like I said, the previous golden ticket winner, a part of the Manai, you have to assume really a minor threat in cashing in on her. And obviously that played out with him cashing in on the ASWF Tag Team Championships with Will Cage. And we'll get to the ASWF Tag Team Champion in just a moment. But with that being said, it's just something that you can't ignore. The it factor of El Rey and that wild card of El Rey, not only for the ASWF Evolution Champion, but for the ASWF Champion. Being Steve-O, Steve-O has got to keep an eye out for uh, El Rey as well. I mean, El Rey, obviously, everybody wants to become the top dog in the and, you know, hold the most prestigious title in the Mid-South, in my humble opinion, that ASWF championship. So, Steve-O has got to have eyes in the back of his head as well. Oh, Michael, man, if you are a champion of any sort, especially and ASWF, and you've got the golden ticket holder lurking around, yeah, you've got to be careful because one wrong miscalculation could be their right time to uh, take advantage. And you're right about that. You know, the the interesting thing is Steve-O made his first appearance since becoming the undisputed ASWF champion after defeating... Uh, Mark Wolf with his own uh, forearm this past show, and we hit on it last week, but the impressiveness of Matt Stone, the greatest gym known to man, the element of perfection can't be overspoken. I mean, overstated by any stretch because he literally stood toe-to-toe with Steve-O at every inch. I mean, I'm still floored by the fact that he was able to jump from a standing position on the ring and Hurricane Rana Stevo off the top rope. The agility and the fight he brought to Stevo, very impressive. Oh yeah, Michael. I mean, you know, uh, Sam Max Stone, we've seen, you know, Ever since he's became the tag team champion, quote unquote, the reigning and defending tag team champion, it's kind of put a new confidence in his head that we knew he had the confidence, but it just added a, it was like almost like 
It was a booster to him. It was a definite confidence booster. And I mean, hey, had that match have been for the ASWF world title, we we could have seen a new world champion, in my opinion. That was how much of a fight the uh, element of perfection, the greatest gem known to man, Max Stone, had put up. Well, and that's exactly right, you know, and uh, Max Stone obviously doesn't need any more confidence. Uh, This is a gentleman who already states and, you know, well-deserved, and some some people look at it as well-deserved, states that he can defend the tag team titles by himself, and he does it all by himself, obviously overlooking the fact that when he first uh, gained the tag team championship, he had the accompaniment of his tag team partner at the time, A.D. Sky, and then on top of that, uh, after that, he had the help of Tyler Knight at Halloween Resurrection in defeating the Vincents. I mean, you know, yeah, he's had a little help for the most part. I mean, I think he's done good in his reign as tag team champions. And no, he doesn't really want a partner, but, but the only reason he has one is because he has to have one. But we've seen him defend that tag team title in a multi-team match just by himself. And you're right about that. You know, he he is forced at certain aspects by the uh, by the ASWF board of directors to find a partner. And that's the thing. Uh, he has found a partner, and he's always managed to somehow escape with the title. I mean, you know, I some people call it escaping. For me, I look at it as he's found a way to defend the titles. And I mean, you know, I can't discredit him because he was he was doing what it took to defend his titles. And I mean, hey, when your back is against the wall, especially when you're one man, sometimes you've got to do what it takes to uh, defend that title. You're absolutely right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we want to go ahead and bring on uh, two very important guests here into ASWF Aftermath. I want to welcome you both here to ASWF Aftermath. Uh, first off, we know the co-commissioner, Mr. Joey Britt. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing fine. That's certainly good to hear. I don't know if you uh, heard earlier, I know you're a very busy Busy man, and I don't know if you heard earlier the comments of Bad Brad uh, basically saying he wants to meet the Suicide King in the center of the ring, mano y mano, this weekend. He wants to have a chat. We can arrange that. He He's also stated that he's going to come out there alone. How, you know, he said he's obviously sent the original misfit Josh Cross on a vacation. He's got no backup. Michael, where's Brad I don't now? See this going to... Do what now? Where's Brad now? Uh, I believe he is actually with the. Uh, I believe he's actually with the infamous one. He was saying that something about uh, the uh, infamous limousine. 
I've gotten email after email after email to call in, and I've called in. Now, where are they at? What have they got to say? I mean, I can effort to try to find them, but it's one of those things you know as well as I do. Mr. I'm here, Michael. I'm here. I'm live. Get him on the phone. I, I'm certainly trying my best to get him on the phone. And actually, asking you shall receive, here is Mr. 99%, Commissioner Britt. Well, excuse me, Mr. Brad. 99% just left. Uh, no, so, he's uh, still here. Okay, I apologize. I apologize. Yes, sir. What, what, okay, Brad, what do, you, what do you want Saturday night? A mano a mano. I, I mean, every week have, you have a, you have another shenanigan. Well, what do we got going on this week? There are Is no it really going to be a mano a mano, or are we going to have people coming from the stands underneath the ring? I mean, what do you got planned? Well, I, I've told you exactly what I have planned. I, I met with you at the ASWF office earlier this week. You've seen the itinerary that I've set forth for Josh Cross, and you can validate that. And and I told you. I can't you validate it, but up. Brad, there's part of me that doesn't trust you. You know what? Uh, and, and I and look, Joey, I'm, I'm I'm coming at you. I'm not yelling at you, and I'm not talking in my Vincent Price voice, as you say. I'm I'm just talking to you. I'm legit. Mm-hmm. Would like a one-on-one conversation with Ray Ivy. I want to take this whole uh, business of the ASWF, the sport of wrestling, throw it out the window. Let's let's not blow the lines of reality in wrestling here. I want to get to reality. And I want a one-on-one conversation with Ray Ivey for his action. Are you trying to swerve him? Are you trying to swerve him, Brad? Are you trying to join Team 99%? No, not at all. Not at all. You know why I don't want him on Team 99%? Because half the time he can't make up his mind whether he's with or against the ASWF. Now, obviously we've seen that his allegiance is to you guys, and you guys treat him well. But you know what? I'm what telling you, Brad, last... if, if, that's, if that's your goal, if that's your underlying goal to try to get him to join Team 99%, I will do everything in my power to stop it. And 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 I respect that, you know. Joey, I respect that. I really do. Because it shows me integrity. And I think we both have a lot of integrity. And... uh so I'm good with that, but I just want that opportunity to prove a point, number one. I want to prove a point to each and every one of the fans. I've already told them, I mean, Joey, this comes Saturday night. You can make all the toothless jokes you want. You can make the fat jokes. The fans can talk about the tooth jokes. I've already, let's be honest. The only thing the fans don't have right is the fact that I'm far from being broke, Okay far from being broke. Am I overweight? Absolutely. But you know what? My paychecks pay for a lot of steak dinners, my friend. A lot of them, okay? And the teeth is the teeth I'm gonna lay the missing teeth on your feet and Austin's feet and anybody else who's ever put their hands on me since joining the ASWF. Yeah, I've lost a ton of them. But it's all been for something important, something that I had to achieve. And if the fans want to say that I'm a, a, a sissy, because I won't use profanity, because apparently that ruffles a few feathers around there, and it's only the fans that can shout profanities 
but not, you know, myself. Um, and the issue with the infamous one has been addressed, and he's paid his fine for that. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how the hypocrisy works on the other side of the rail. But what I'm saying is, is I'm ready. I want to have a meeting one-on-one. In fact, I have an idea. How about you be out there with us, and you, sir, and I'm glad you called, because I want to invite you out there as well to kind of observe, and you can keep order inside the uh, arena right there live and in person. Um, Brad, you brought this to the you brought this to the board's attention a few days ago. We've talked about it. I've spoken with Ray about it. We're gonna give it to you. Okay. We'll we'll accept that. We'll be there. I'm gonna be there regardless. We'll make that happen. I want you there. I want you to witness what I have in store for Ray Ivy. The words that I have in store for him, I want you to witness it firsthand because it will be eye-opening, to say the least. I just will say, state this, Brad. You understand, if you look at the bear too long, the bear doesn't bite back. If you think that I'm intimidated by it's that... not about intimidation, Brad. It's just a statement. The shenanigans are out the window. You're going to get what you're asking for. We will be there. But I promise you, if you don't stay legitimate, you try to cross in one 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 single way you try to cross, Brad, you poke at the bear too long, he finally bites. Well, and that's why I said let's not blur the lines of wrestling and reality. If I get the opportunity to speak to Ray Ivy, well, maybe sanity prevails. But how long, just like that show back in the 70s and 80s, how long until the skin breaks away and uh, the Incredible Hulk comes out, a.k.a. the Suicide King, can he contain himself long enough to be civil? Because I know I can. Like I said, Brad, you'll get your wish. We'll answer I your demand. I, I graciously appreciate my fellow board members, and I graciously uh, appreciate my fellow co-commissioner. And I will say this, is that it seems like December 1st has now become a show you're not gonna, not going to want to miss. <laughs> um, but before I lose, you know, before both of y'all get off here, uh, might I make a suggestion in this case? Something to bring upon the board. I mean, you know, we've seen what the Suicide King can do when he's not invited into the arena. Now that he's invited, I think it would be an extra a good idea to maybe have a little extra security out there uh, just to ensure that no chaos breaks out. 
or at least security on standby. What are you worried about? Well, I mean, with all due respect, gentlemen, this is the suicide king we're talking about. What will a man who has nothing to lose do to redeem himself in his own eyes? Do you not remember the last show when security, extra security that you guys hired, tried to stop Ray? He ran through and passed every one of them. And and uh, co-commissioner Joey, if you would please remind everyone that will be in attendance December 1st and the listening audience tonight, hopefully they transition to the show at the Valiant Arena, that at this time and on December 1st and on December 15th, and on January and February and March and April and blah, 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 that the Suicide King does not work for ASWF, and therefore he has the same limited restrictions and accordances of the law that a normal fan does. Could you reiterate that, please? Brad, Michael, fans, it's been good. I've got to go. Huh. Well, and there you, there you had the commissioner it. Uh, Mr. Does not want to openly admit it. <laughs> Michael, then you do his job, and you tell the fans, because I'm going to leave too, because we're having a little party here, but <clears throat> remind Everybody, that again, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, 2024, 
something's bound to happen, and I'm not really liking the aspect of it, but we actually do have another guest on the line here, Cody. Uh, the greatest gym known to man, Max Stone, is getting ready to grace us with his presence. And, Max, before the co-commissioners called in, I was actually singing your praises. Uh, very, very impressive showing against the ASWF champion at the last show. How do you plan on following up on that? First of all, Michael, how rude of you not to say Happy Thanksgiving. I had an awesome Thanksgiving, by the way. But anyway, it's, it's, it's natural, Michael. This is what I do. You know, you, you see what you see. And anyway, Cody, Cody. Hello. Are you there? It, it's always yes, great to hear you, brother. Well, uh, Mr. Element of Perfection himself, it's always good to hear from you as well. Uh, what do you got for us this week, man? I mean, uh, anything you want to say uh, uh, to the fans or the people or even, you know, those listening? I want y'all all to come out to the show this Saturday night because I'm going to do something that I always do, and it's, it's just very surprising. You never know what I'm going to do, but you you know similar things on what I'm going to do. You you know traits. You see the look in my face. You see it. But this time it's going to be even more intense. I'm taking it up a whole nother notch. So if anybody, and I mean anybody, has a problem with the notch that I break off, then by all means, we can sell it in the ring. Or you can meet me outside. Well, I mean, Max, I will say this much right now. You have definitely been a dominant force inside of the tag team division. And I know you have to, as tag team champion, keep an eye on all the uh, tag teams inside of that division. And you've seen a new one recently, the team of Keegan and Heinzman. Quickly, give me your thoughts on those two and uh, what appears, you know, they were able to dominate the Vincent brothers and then Keegan came back and dominated in a lot like your own fashion, Max, was able to dominate uh, the Vincent brothers by himself. Well, I'm not going to lie. Keegan and Hosman, they are two very big, strong guys. And I'm going to have my work cut out for me if if that ever cross paths. But it's one thing that I know that they don't know. It's how to be. It's me being me without being me, if that makes sense. If, if you okay. understand, see, if you understand... It's okay, they got power, right? They're power and they're strong. They're strong guys. But as you see, Michael, I, I can jump just as high as they're tall. I can run just as fast as they're strong. Like, it's, it's just strategical plots to pick away the big man that I would have to do. 
And I already got plans because I haven't seen this time and time again, Michael. Like you say, I know the tag team division. I am the tag team division, and I take that proudly. I go to work every weekend, and I will bust my butt. I know the tag division. It's my division. And anybody that's in my division, I'm one step ahead. I already didn't plan. I just got to fulfill the prophecy. It's already written in stone, Michael. I already, already written it. Well, I mean, I tell you, you know, it's going to take. They're good guys. Don't get me wrong. They're good guys. They're they're big and strong. They they might have a chance. Continue. It's gonna. It's it is. You're right. It's gonna take a heck of a man to be able to defeat you and dethrone you as the ASWF Tag Team Champion <laughs> that you are. One thing I've got to ask. We've been alluding to Asa Morta, and we've been alluding to. Uh, Steve-O having eyes in the back of their head and how that's affecting them, knowing that El Ray can cash in at any moment. How has that affected you? It appears that he doesn't have a tag team partner, so it appears his sights are set on the Evolution or the ASWF Championship. But are you preparing for the possibility that that could happen? I prepared for that the moment that I was out of the battle royal or whatever it was. I forgot it was weeks ago, and I had several hits to the brain since then. But it doesn't matter. I planned for that then. Yes, he, he could come and find a partner. It could be anybody. It can be Will Cagemont. Who knows? It can be anybody. I don't know. But he could get a partner. He could, and he could cash in on me. I have thought about that time and time again. And all I can say is, I hope he's ready to fight like everyone else who comes after the tag team championships. And well, that's Cody, all I can say. Well, it's just. Well, Cody, I do have to ask you: Do you have anything? I know you're. You watch the greatest gym known to man very closely. Do you have anything you want to ask the tag team champion? I mean, Max, I know you are busy defending those tag titles by yourself everywhere you go. Was there is there a chance we could see you potentially face off for a singles title? I mean, even while holding the tag team championships. That's a great question, Cody. I'm I'm glad that you hit that that nail. That that's the question I wanted somebody to ask me. Months ago, Cody. See, that's the reason why I was on the venture of being the single competitor tag team champion that I am. Because I want to have the single competitor championship that I can't have. So I carry the tag division proudly. I say it again because I... By myself. And yes, I would love to venture off and go be singles and wrestle for the heavyweight championship. You've seen the match I put on with Steve O. 
I would love to do that again. But for the championship match, this time, I will come keep my composure. I won't let my head get carried out the way and let my anger get the best of me. I will be smarter the next time. Maybe I will win. Who knows? Steve-O is a good guy, great competitor. To answer your question, yes, I would love to go out there single. Well, I definitely well, think that you've notched a, you know, knocked a great big hole wide open in the ASWF uh, championship and ASWF Evolution Championship for yourself inside of them rankings. Thank you, Michael. I mean, uh, I, I appreciate your honesty. See, I'm not the, the bad guy that the people really think that I am. But I, I only do it because I have to do it. If that makes me the bad guy, then so be it. I will be the bad guy. I will be that bad guy. But I am doing what is best for me and what's best for this tag team division, whether people see it or not. So whether people like what I do or not, I don't care. As long as, as long as the Overseers like what I'm doing I'm doing just fine Absolutely Cody well, um, Max another question I, I have to ask Is uh, you've got a Golden ticket holder uh, Lurking around in the background I mean you, you've been put with your Back against the wall before With a, a golden ticket cash in uh, given he's been on quite a roll here lately, especially in singles matches, I mean, what are your thoughts on um, El Ray? I mean, do you have any concern? I concern for everybody I'm in the ring with, not because of safety reasons. It's just because that's what you do as a competitor. You know what I mean? You You do that as a competitor because you don't want nobody to get the upper hand on you. So you try to out and try to out-bet. El Ray's a great wrestler. He's great. He's real good. I haven't seen him wrestle. I watch. I study him wrestle. I, I understand his style. See, that's the thing people don't understand. I watch. I observe. I understand. And that's my greatest, the greatest gem that I have is to understand and to know and to how to figure out how to outmaneuver your maneuver. So, no, I am not concerned at all. Michael, you got anything else to ask? Well, I do realize that the champ is a very busy man, Max. I do want to take a moment to thank you for us. spending some time with us here on ASWF Aftermath and fitting us in your busy schedule. And I do want to say I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Obviously, you said you did earlier, but I do want to say I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. And uh, I can definitely say I can tell what you were thankful for this year, and it's probably going to be wrapped around your waist this Saturday night. You got that right, Mike. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You guys, y'all been great. Actually, this podcast has probably been the best podcast so far this year. 
You might as well give yourself a hand. You're welcome. Y'all enjoy the rest of your nights. See you Saturday. Thank you, as always. As and that always. was the greatest that was the greatest gym known to man, Max Stone. Uh, the element of perfection, so to speak. And, you know, he's right, though. You know, his focus is a ASWF singles championship, and it will be something to watch to see. Because, like I mentioned, the gentleman, he had to have put a dent in those rankings for the ASWF championship number one contendership by just the sheer competitiveness of his contest with Steve-O in that champion versus champion non-title match. I mean, Michael, I mean, like I said, there was there was a thought crossing my mind that, I mean, that Max, he could have beaten Steve-O, and that would have derailed all momentum. And that would have just done nothing but skyrocket the greatest gym known to man to perfection. And, you know, if you listen to Max, that is how it's going to be written. He mentioned it earlier. You know, it's already been written. He will be the greatest. He will go down as the greatest. And, you know, a lot of people didn't believe him when he said so. But Muhammad Ali used to tell people he was the greatest. I don't quite like how Max is going about what he's doing, but it's hard to argue with the results he's gotten so far. I can't agree with you even more, Michael. I mean, look at it this way. This guy, everything he has set out to do thus far, he has delivered on it. I mean, and, you know, one of the things he's doing, as he mentioned, he watches everybody. He watches every superstar in the ASWF, watches their matches, studies them, because he never knows when a, when a potential opponent might arise. I mean, and the fact that he studies them, it just goes to show that he's always ready. And, you know, I couldn't agree more with what you just said. He is. He is always ready for the next opponent. That is one thing you can say definitely a positive about Max Stone. He is always prepared, and he is always ready to defend those tag team titles. I'm not quite sure I can agree with him when he says he is the tag team division, but he as the tag team champion is definitely the face of the tag team division. Absolutely, and Michael, I mean – it is him on his own. And I've got to give the guy a lot of credit where credit is due. Now, we've seen guys go around defending tag team titles by themselves before. But none of them has quite held up to the greatest gym known to man. And you are right about that. You know, we've seen guys go on streaks where they want to defend the tag team titles by themselves. But think about it. They don't last too long. You've got to give it up to Max Stone. He's held on to these tag team titles for just about six months at this point. I believe uh, in December. He won it uh, in June, I believe, or July. Won it at Fight for Freedom in July. 
He won them at Fight for Freedom. I believe that was that was that was July 28th. So come January 28th, he would have held the AS or he will have held the ASWF Tag Team Championship for six months, and a majority of that by himself. Think about how impressive that is. I mean, as I said, he's been nothing short of impressive. And given the, this display of sheer athleticism uh, in his match against our world champion, Steve-O, I mean, the sky's the limit, Michael. You're right about that. The sky could very well be the limit for the young Max Stone as he continues his ascension to the main event status. And speaking of the main event, now we get to where the brass tacks was made this past show and where the interesting story lies. The ASWF championship now not only has one number one contender, but he has two. That being the main event, Curtis Dawn, and of course the unhinged Will Cage. Uh, That is a shocker in and of itself, but then you think about the things that these two men went through not only to possibly, just to possibly become the ASWF champion, to have a shot, the lengths these two men were willing to put their bodies through. I mean, Curtis Dawn at one point legitimately hurt himself just trying to, uh, just trying to get to that spot. And obviously these two crossed the finish line at the same time and there will be double number one contenders. This is the referee's decision final in this case. We don't have any controversy like we did around the ASWF championship anymore. Steve-O has got a heck of a task in front of him. And, Michael, again, not to discredit the two number one contenders. We have that that wild card lurking in the background. I mean... Let's face it, Steve-O has two number one contenders, and should they face him at the same time or at different times? I mean, it's going to be a fight, and they're all going to be wore out at the end of it regardless. And that would be the perfect time for the golden ticket holder to cash in. Now let's talk about the unhinged Will Cage. I mean, he has been on a tear uh, we have seen a newfound confidence since his association with the Manai. And he is he has had such intensity uh, thus far in his career at ASWF. And then we go on the other hand. We have the main event, Curtis Dawn. Came up a little short on defeating the Mistress of Mayhem, Asa Morta. But, I mean... He has been nothing short of dominant elsewhere in the ASWF. I mean, he is he's faced Steve-O before. He, he kind of has a hint of, of what Steve-O can do. I mean, he's won multi-man matches. He's won tag team matches. He was so close to winning the same Rumble for Freedom uh, that Steve-O won to get this world title shot. I mean... Well, let's face it, both of these number one contenders are 
nothing short of impressive and a threat to Steve-O's world title shot. And that brings us to the world champion himself. He is no little guy. He is quick. I mean, he hits that ripcord knee out of nowhere. And, I mean, that's almost a knockout punch in itself. And, I mean, he used Mark Wolf's own move against him to beat him. So, I mean, if he adds that to his arsenal, I mean, there is no stopping Steve-O. So all three of these men are going to have their hands full in some way, shape, or form. Well, and I mean, you've hit the nail on the head. I mean, right now, arguably, there is nobody on a hotter streak than the main event, Curtis Dawn. Think about it. He did. He lost that Halloween resurrection to Asa Morta. And, you know, really, it was a photo finish. He That match could have gone either way, but a small slip-up cost him the ASWF Evolution Championship. But think about this. Have you ever ever seen somebody go from the Evolution Championship and being number one contender there, losing that matchup, and then in short order becoming the number one contender for the ASWF Championship, the kind of dominance that you have to speak of when you're speaking of the main event, Curtis Dawn. And then you do. You mentioned Will Cage. This is Will Cage's arrival you know, is becoming the number one contender for the ASWF championship. This will be his first shot at the ASWF championship. And, you know, a lot of people wonder if Will Cage is going to be able to perform with the lights turned on at their brightest. That's the knock on these two gentlemen. Will Cage was able to win his match, though, at, at the Halloween Resurrection show. Main event Curtis Don came up a little bit short. You got to wonder, it looks to me, it appears that Will Cage is ready for the main event, and the aforementioned main event, Curtis Dawn, may be looking like he may not have as big an advantage when you look at it from that aspect. Oh, I mean, The main event, Curtis Dawn and and Will, they both got the advantage. And that advantage is, is you know, the their advantage is they can pin one another. They don't have to pin Steve. If, should it end up being a triple threat match, the champion doesn't even have to be pinned to lose their title. I mean, Steve-O is at the biggest disadvantage right now. I mean, it's easy to talk about who has an advantage, but it's even easier to talk about who has the biggest disadvantage at the moment. And you're right about that. Steve-O really is at a point where you as a cha- where Steve-O as a champion, it can't be an advantageous position. Because should the ASWF Board of Directors order that both of these men get their title shot at the exact same time, it's going to be, there is. You can throw the championship advantage out the window. Now, I will say this about Steve-O. He is a, uh, he's a very fighting champion, and I don't believe that Steve-O would take too kindly to retaining his title via count-out or any means other than pinfall or submission. But I'll also say this, too. The man has got to do what it takes to protect that ASWF championship at the end of the day. 
and he's facing two very dangerous competitors. I mean, that he is. Both of them heavy hitters, heavy, heavy hitters. Uh, Will Cage, he's got that mandible claw. The main event, Curtis Dawn, has has this has the pump handle. I mean, both of them have a, not only a devastating moveset, but have some very hard hits to uh, back up that moveset. Well, and you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said the movesets. They couldn't be more polar opposite. Curtis Don relies on his strength for most of his moveset, and Will Cage, it appears, really relies on chaos. And he relies on he relies on just being Will Cage, for you know, lack of a better way to explain it. He thrives on chaos. He likes to create a brawl, and that's where he shines. And, of course, you got Steve-O, who is probably the most athletic big man I have ever seen cross that threshold into the ASWF. And he's the man with all the hardware that everybody wants. Once again, I mean, this thing is separate. You could almost call it a pick'em, But together, you've kind of really got to say that the champ is at a disadvantage in this case. Yes, he is, Michael. I mean, as we mentioned, we, uh, or, you know, Steve-O, you know, he is at the biggest disadvantage. Every man has their own different style. Each style kind of complements each other. And, I mean, you know, it doesn't matter what style you work, how big you are in this case. The case is is using timing and the numbers as your best friend. Uh, again, should should it the board decide a triple threat match, champ doesn't have to be pinned to lose the title. And, I mean, if history serves me correct anyway, most triple threat matches are no disqualification. Correct. So then whatever championship advantage he had, that's gone completely. But it gives him the advantage of, and not saying that he will, but it gives him the advantage of no disqualification, which means if he, if somebody brings in a chair, goes swing at him, he dodges it and used it on that opponent, well, he can do so. That's the advantage of having a triple threat match. And, I mean, at any time it could be two-on-one, so you're going to have to defend yourself some way. You know, if I'm the agent, or in Will Cage's case, you know, if I'm uh, his spiritual guidance, uh, in Will Cage's case as a member of the Benai, or if I'm I'm Curtis Don's agent, you've got to be, you know, championing championing for a triple threat because that's where you're at the biggest advantage and your odds go through the roof because there is no champion's advantage. You really have to, all you have to do is be the first man to gain a pinfall or submission and you're going to become the ASWF champion. If I'm either of these two men uh, in control of their career and their management team, you've got to be telling them, you want that triple threat. You 
your chances are astronomical at that point. I mean, not wrong there at all. No. Um, and I mean, whatever the board decides, if, if they decide, hey, we want to grant them singles matches, uh, the two number one contenders, I mean, you know, it could be two singles matches in a night. It could be at separate times. And then, then only then will we know that Stevo has the championship advantage. And you are right about that. But, Cody, we're getting towards the end of this thing. Go ahead and give us your final thought as we work towards this Saturday night live at Pavilion Arena. Well, Michael, I'm glad that uh, everybody had a happy and safe Thanksgiving. I mean, it was a little chaotic right before. We seen the Suicide King run awry. We've seen some debuts of the essence of gratitude, Grayson Beckett, and EA East. We have seen one man tear through a tag team division. We have seen we've seen another man almost beat the world champion. I mean, Michael, what is there left to say other than you know, we'll just have to see how Saturday plays out. I mean you know, it's we are one show away from the Christmas show. And ladies and gentlemen, I mean, that's all I really have to say is come catch the go-home show because you don't want to miss out on any of the ASWF action that I can promise you. Well, and you are absolutely right, Cody, about that. This Saturday night, live at the Valley Arena, 201 Highway 367 North in Tuckerman, Arkansas. The doors are going to open at 530, but ladies and gentlemen, you're going to want to be there even earlier than that, in my opinion, because the Suicide King and Mr. 99% are finally going to meet face-to-face in the center of the ring. No backup for Mr. 99%. Nothing. And Joey Britt's going to be there, I guess, to almost act like a uh, bystander. A me- bystander. A, a mediator. Yeah, almost as a mediator for these two individuals. Uh, I'm telling you, this situation has is dynamite and it has kerosene spilt all over it. I, I, it's explosive, ladies and gentlemen. Not to mention, as you said, the ASWF champion, Steve-O, going to be there. The tag team champion, Max Stone, going to be making his way to the Valley Arena. Grayson Beckett, EA East, the insane lethal weapon, infamous, uh, the excuse me, the infamous lethal weapon, insane Shane. Of course, D-Mike going to be there. Everybody, all of your favorites in the ASWF going to be there this Saturday night. Live from the Valley Arena, once again, 201 Highway 367 North. The show starts at 7 p.m., but you're going to want to be there early to grab a, to be able to grab a seat to watch. Like I said, I, the roof may come off of that place when the Suicide King makes his way back into the squared circle this Saturday night. But ladies and gentlemen, Michael. Go ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, for... For Cody and myself, I want to wish you guys a happy and safe rest of your week. 
And I want to thank everybody for listening to ASWF Aftermath. Good night, everybody. Look out. When I get to the bottom, I go back to the top of the track. And I stop and I turn.